Hello and welcome to Mediation Matters. This series of podcasts explores how mediation can make the world a better place. Join me, Adam Gersh, founder and CEO of Global Mediation, the most active and fastest growing national provider of mediation services, as I discuss the latest developments, trends, updates, and important topical questions with real experts in the field. In this series, we will be exploring how to disagree well. We will take a behind the scenes look at mediation and we will share essential mediation skills and their practical application in a variety of conflict situations. And now for our special guest, enjoy the podcast. Well, I'm delighted to welcome to our podcast, uh, a colleague, a good friend, Ruth uh, Frank. Hello, Ruth. Hello, Adam. Hi, and uh, Ruth, to be here. wonderful to have you on. And Ruth's at Frank Employment Law, uh, advice and you are I think an employment law and HR consultant is that right correct yeah absolutely um, yeah te- te- we now we've been working together in all different guises since about 2017 and got to know each other really well we've had some some interesting at times some good conversations together uh, and one of the things that uh, I've really loved about working with you, Ruth, is your real down to earth approach. You know, you not only yeah. your, your knowledge of the law, but also the fact that you really you get people and you understand what's really going on. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do at uh, Frank Employment Law Advice. OK, so what we do is we provide a service to companies that wish to outsource their HR. So rather than employing an, a HR manager or, or you know, someone that deals with HR, they would outsource that service to to us. And basically we take care of all their HR needs. So it can be anything from drafting a contract, um, an employee handbook, to actually managing um, big projects like uh, redundancy, um, 2P transfers and things like that. So yeah, it's it's across the board. Um, You know, our services are offered on a retained or ad hoc basis so it could be just a one-off thing or if you're more interested in having that ongoing support um, you know we provide um, an advice line along with um, some other services that that we provide. Brilliant so people can pick up the phone to you and get a get an understanding of what to do so they don't get exactly. into bigger trouble um, so we're, we're, we're here talking really about workplace conflict and and dispute resolution but I mean, one of the things that I know um, you're keen to to let people know about is some common misconceptions about uh, that businesses have or um, employers have uh, about terminating employment. Yeah. Um, t- tell us some of the really common pitfalls that people fall into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with employment law, you know, it's an absolute minefield and, you know, it, it is a complex area of law, so it's perfectly understandable why you know people sort of fall into to this trap and one of the biggest common misconceptions I've come across in my career is where um, employers are looking for a way to bring a, an employment relationship to an end um, without too much fuss uh, and what they normally go to is can I make someone redundant even though the issue that they're actually having with the person has nothing to do with redundancy it's usually something to do with really bad conduct or really bad performance but because they don't want to want too much fuss they'll say okay can I just make them redundant and you know 
you know, if I, you know, if I had a penny for every time I had to explain, that's not how redundancy <laughs> worked. You right. know, I'd, I'd be a millionaire. So fantastic. Yeah, that's a, that's a massive misconception. And um, there, there are. To... Sorry. Uh, so carry on. I was going to say yeah. So the, the way employment law works is there are actually five um, fair reasons for dismissal, and that they're that they're set within the Employment Rights Act, nineteen ninety six. So you have conduct, capability, redundancy, um, st a statutory ban, which is something like an, something that's illegal, or a catch-all, which is some other substantial reason, um, SOSR in short. So there, there are actually all of those things you can use as a reason to terminate someone. It's not just redundancy. And so long as the reason falls within one of those, those categories, then you're fine. It's fair. And obviously you've followed a, a fair and reasonable procedure to get to that point. I think one, yeah, I think one of the things I know just from a little bit of employment law uh, background it was, it was my main area of um, of practice at the bar. I did crime and uh, another, you know, um, uh, more, more um, uh, so, sort of uh, uh, edgy things that involve people going to prison rather than having to pay lots of money. But um, one of the things that I think uh, I, I realise is that you can actually do things that seem really fair, but if you get the procedure wrong exactly, in employment yeah. law, it's you, you, you're finished, aren't you? I mean, it's all over. Even you, it leads to some really quite surprising results. I think in 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 cases, doesn't it, where uh, um, people sort of they end up where they should have been, but they've just gone the wrong way. They've about gone the wrong it. way about it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean that 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 does happen uh, quite a lot, and the tribunals, um, depending on what judge you get on what day, <laughs> they can be lenient. <laughs> so that you know, whilst they might, if I give you an example, for instance, um, an employee who's been dismissed for you know stealing um, gross misconduct, but the employer has not gone about it the right way, they've not followed any procedure at all. They've sacked the employee. The employee claims unfair dismissal and is successful because the it was procedurally flawed. However, what the tribunal can look at and take into account is the employee's contribu contribution to that, to, right. to, the, to the reason they were dismissed. Right. And there have been cases where a tribunal judge has actually reduced a comp compensation to zero because although the it was unfair procedurally, the employees contributory fault contributory contributory can't get my words out fault has led to them walking away with nothing because you know they were actually stealing. Sure. So yeah. But I mean, it's a long way before you get to that stage. Um, mm -hmm. you know, presumably, you'd have spent a lot of money in lawyers. And, exactly. I mean, yeah. And, and, and other sides' lawyers, and you know, you really don't want to get to that stage. Um, tell us how how did you get into this area of work? Right. Yeah. So, um, I I studied law. So I did a law degree. Um, back in the uh, mid nineties, and um. You know, I wasn't sure how, which way I wanted to go with uh, my degree. And during my final year, um, we had to pick, you know, obviously we have to pick what modules that, you know, we want to study for that year. And employment law was one of them. And actually it was 
the last resort. I actually thought that is going to be so boring. <laughs> Why would I want to know about employment law? <laughs> and it literally was a last resort. <laughs> Look where I am now. But yeah, it was literally a last resort. I thought, okay, let's see what this is like. And um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And actually, after I um, graduated with my degree, I started actually doing uh, voluntary work for um, the Citizens Advice Bureau. Um, so I picked up a few cases, you know, advising employees. I was dealing with employees at the time. Um, so I was advising employee on their rights and so forth. Um, following that, I then got into my, well, my first job after my degree was actually as a welfare rights worker. Um, but the organisation that I worked for allowed me to develop that role into employment rights. Um, and that was because we had a lot of people coming to us for advice on their employment rights. And, I, you know, I happily picked that up. And um, within a year, I'd actually developed from a welfare rights worker into an employment rights caseworker. And, and that's kind of where my career began. And so I actually started out as a claimant's representative. And so I was um, advising employees on their rights and following that through to right through to a tribunal hearing, so representation at tribunal. Um, and so, I, yeah, I did that for about eight years. Um, and then an opportunity came up for me to to get over, you know, back for the other side, get into <laughs> HR, as turn, they say. Poach and turn gamekeeper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I did that. Um, and I started doing that around 2008. That was, I got into HR and I haven't looked back since. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, it, I mean, it's, it's fascinating area of law, I think, because it involves people. And whenever yeah. you've got people, you've got, and I, that's why I love crime actually. And, and, and mm -hmm. mediation and bringing people together, wherever you've got people, you've got um anything can happen and yeah. how, how much of workplace disagreement do you think is about law and how much is about the personalities or good business yeah you know I, i'd say you could say it was a 50 50 um depending yeah. on you know what it is i mean um obviously the law you know when when you're advising or supporting someone with the, whatever the case is that they have you, your advice has to be within the constraints of the law. So that's the starting point. But what has to be taken into account is, like you said, you know, people and different personalities and what you know about that person. So it's sometimes the law doesn't always work. You know, they say the law is an ass, as they say. <laughs> it doesn't always work in that situation. So... When I'm advising my clients, I always give them a commercial option. I will always say, look, this is the law and this is how you could address this commercially speaking. Um, you know, that, you know, potentially could be some risk. But, you know, you, you know, you, you know, your industry, you know, that that person that you're dealing with. So, you, you know, you, you will have more of an idea of what that, you know, the reaction is going to be and whether something is going to work for that organisation sure. and for the person. So I will always look, look at exploring going down a commercial 
option, you know, route to address whatever the issue is. And so, so many things have changed, haven't they, during COVID? I mean, people suddenly started working from home. Now there's an expectation that a lot of people will work from home. And I suppose that if you went down the formal legal route, they should have all had consultations, filled out forms, changed their work terms. But now yeah. we're thrust into a situation where I imagine there's a lot of uncertainty to deal with for businesses because everyone's Absolutely. conditions have changed, their expectations have changed, and their offices might have been sold. You know, and yeah, all this yeah, got to be exactly. got to be reconciled. Are you dealing with a lot of um, uh, cases or queries where people's terms and conditions haven't really changed but in fact on the ground they they have yeah i mean we get you know i get a lot you know i get a lot of that in the business where people want to to change terms and conditions or like you say it's it's happened in custom and practice without actually you know the person realizing look you've gone through a change here you've accepted it by your conduct so it, it may not be that you've actually um, you know been formally consulted with but just due to circumstances you know which you know like we say Covid was one of them so we were actually just forced uh, you know into that situation where the terms and conditions um, were dictated by you know what was happening globally. Mm. Um, and it's really hard but, yeah. isn't it because sometimes uh, I know that as an employer and uh, you know, running uh, global mediation, you, you you sometimes you really want to reward people, and you really want to do something, and it's it's really hard to find a way of doing it that's that's fair and that you're allowed to do because you know you do one thing and it leads to another, or there's another consequence, or you've bound yourself. But there's so many considerations, aren't there? You just can't necessarily just reward people or do something that no. there are lots of employment considerations and i think sometimes people are just resistant to change sometimes even though it's going to benefit them they just don't want you know they're just resistant to change when actually it might be something that actually benefits them yeah yeah um so really really interesting uh perspective um taking it down to sort of practicalities what's the worst example of a, a, a sort of fallout you've had in the workplace you know where things have gone really uh badly wrong yeah i mean i had a, i had a case where um a client had they had a, a it was actually a, a hr person um that they had it was a hr manager um but she'd actually become unmanageable like everybody was sort of um scared <laughs> say of this person she had just become totally unmanageable in the organization and the directors wanted her out basically um but they were too they were reluctant to try and approach it themselves just because they're aware of the the person they're dealing with you know and what you know the 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 reaction would have been and um so they I was called in to basically um, have a without prejudice conversation um, with this employee, there, there had been a there had been a fallout in you know between them, and rather than battle it out with this person, they wanted to just get rid. They just want they just wanted out, and so they they called called me in to to come and support them with that and. But they didn't want anything to do with it, so I, I was literally calling. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> exactly. I'm here. 
Yeah. Oh dear. Yes. So that yeah. So I was basically called in to to come and have this conversation with her, and not only that, escort her out of the building afterwards because they oh didn't want. Gosh. Yeah, they literally didn't want her in the building after our conversation. Right. So the the, the initial thing was I was going to have this conversation with her, and um, so that's that's what happened. So we had the this conversation. Um, we didn't do the without prejudice conversation straight away the, the the first conversation was look to explain who I am why I'm here that the company do want to explore um, their options given um you know what has transpired um within the organization I suppose I um, suppose the big box you were carrying big empty box you were carrying was a bit of a giveaway <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so um but you know with this lady they, they'd had several complaints um from from people within the organization they also weren't happy with their performance so i sort of went through these things with her um obviously she was she was very upset she was shocked because she was like well why aren't they speaking to me yeah you know why am i here you know it it, it was it was a really difficult conversation you know and um she she broke down in tears so it it was really it was really difficult um, but that you know that's what you know we that's what we do that's what we're here for to deal with those difficult situations so we had that conversation and then the, the plan was to meet up again where we would have that without prejudice conversation and um so we did that a couple of days later but um that 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 meeting um was really bad now because at this point you know she's had time to digest what's right. happening and um, there was a lot of bite back. There was a lot of obviously shooting the messenger because I'm the person there that's kind of taking the brunt of her. Of course. Uh, you know, the way that she's feeling. Um, so she, she, yeah, it was a very difficult conversation. Um, you know, it, there was a, a point where I said, look, we'll just stop the meeting now just to give you a bit of time to, to gather yourself because this isn't going well, you know. Um, but, you know, eventually we, we did get through the meeting. It was very, very difficult. Like I say, she, you know, she was at that point very angry and she wasn't able to, you know, um, express herself to the people she wanted to. So that always kind of came in my direction. But like I say, you know, I'm a professional and that, that that's what I do. So oh my we did get through it and, you know, we did reach a reach a settlement um you know she, they probably ended up paying her more than what they wanted to pay her because um, it wasn't it wasn't handled well from the it, no, from the no no well i i, so, I think i think it raises a question i mean one of the things we do and we uh help go in and train teams with is how to have uh, courageous conversations and how to have those difficult conversations and you'd probably agree wouldn't you that those things are better resolved at a very low level before they get escalate to a stage where everyone's quite entrenched. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, how, how would you have addressed something like that? So I think what we would do, well, it depends how far back, doesn't it? But yes. I, yeah. If were, if I mean, if were, you were in from the earlier stages, if we were in from an good. early stage, uh, one of the things that we look at helping people with communications is how they how they actually communicate and how normally what happens is that the conflict arises because there's some unmet need something mm -hmm. is not being met 
on one side or other side and that's not being communicated now it could be that it could be air conditioning it could be workspace could be where people put their lunch every morning but there's there's some it can start at a very very low level conflict and when the need is not being met i think it's really really difficult because it's not communicated and that escalates and the problem is that it becomes people then become um you know an adversary and what they tend to do is as they go up the sort of escalation of conflict, they tend to gather other people, they gossip, there becomes a narrative. It becomes not only about what that person did or where they put their lunch or where they sat, but also about, you know, their whole history and what kind of person they are. And then they, mm. they, they people gather allies. And before you know it, it can really it can become a really, really toxic situation yeah. where um, although you say that that person was really unpopular or lashing out at people or behaving, if it didn't start that way, you've got to ask, you know, what what happened? Something How did it, get to, there? How'd it yeah. get to that? And probably the answer is that there wasn't good communication. And having the courageous conversations and learning how to disagree well, learning how to have uh, identify what's going on and in a very non-confrontational way, just to have that environment where people can listen and be heard is a really important skill. I think people don't have that skill generally. And what we've seen is that people who are working remotely often um, the differences are, are are more poignant because they're not having that op opportunity to have the sort of uh, water cooler moment or yeah. coffee <laughs> and having a chit chat. And therefore, it, it, you know, people will avoid each other or they'll tend to go off sick. I don't know if that's your experience where people are very stressed and they don't like and it can start at a very, very, very low um, level. I know someone who um, ended up it was back in the days when people could smoke in the office right. it was an argument about smoking and not smoking and the person was opening the window and every time they lit up a cigarette they'd open the window and the other person would close the window and it became a really bad thing and actually um the 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 next thing that happened that wasn't spoken about at all and um the um individual who was the smoker went missing and um the police were called and they this person went missing and they found the the, the individual about to jump off a bridge so I mean, you know, he he he, he and I mean, it all started with whether the window was open or closed. So yeah. it could be pretty extreme, and things can escalate. But I, I I'm not saying all things are like that. But generally speaking, um, I think that if the management have in mind training people how to deal with conflict instead of brushing it aside, then it doesn't build up. So the ideal would be normally to be honest we get called in when there is a conflict and there is a problem and we try and de-escalate it and it's very very successful but one of the the added benefits that people learn from that is okay in future how do we disagree well and what are the techniques you know how how are we non-judgmental in our speech how do we separate the, the 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 problem from the person how do we do things in a way which um leaves people feeling like they've had a good meeting and they've aired their differences <laughs> and they've done it in a safe environment i think left to their own devices surprisingly however senior and you said this was a very senior person you know yeah. involved in hr surprising however senior people don't always know how to have those conversations and it will often come out in anger or spite or escalate and be a tip right. it's, it's very interesting those those that softer side of how to deal with people i think is is is, is so important um i mean have you had that experience of things being you know sometimes being called in for something which is quite trivial 
or, or small? Yeah, um, yeah, I did, I did have a case um, where an employee had um, put in a grievance to, and, and it related to some items, um, some personal and work items that um, had been disposed of by um, a supervisor within their depart department. And it, this employee had been given several opportunities because um, what they were doing is they um, must have been doing something within the department they work where they were getting rid of, um, you know, items that weren't needed. So they were just trying to do a clean up. Let's just having say a clear just out. Yeah. To, yeah, having a clear up, having a clean out. This employee had some personal effects that he he had from home. Uh, there was a cabinet and there was a bowl, um, a spoon, some magazines, things like that. And this this like I say, the supervisor had given him several opportunities to remove these items, um, but the employee, instead of just getting rid of them or taking them home, he just started moving them around the building to different places. <laughs> okay. Um, in the end, um, this supervisor, you know, became frustrated and uh, he basically took this cabinet um, and sort of smashed it. Well, I think they, he used the hammer just to dent it, to break it, uh, to throw it away. I mean, that was a bit extreme. However, he, this employee had been told, you know, get rid of these items, otherwise they're going to get thrown away. Um, so this employee put a grievance in basically to say, you know, his bowl, his spoon, you know, the cabinet was dented. I don't know what he used. I think it was a hammer to, to get rid of it. And the, 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 the grievance wasn't upheld because the employee had been told several times, look, you can take these things home, do what you want with them, but you need to remove them from the workplace. And um, this this employee, Employee, so that wasn't upheld. The employee appealed, and the company actually had a three-stage appeal process oh, because they were un they, yeah they were unionized and they had a collective agreement where you don't just get one appeal, you get three. Oh so this actually went on for over six months. Oh my gosh! Yeah, for over six months, just over some items that could have been quite easily take just taken home just take them home but <laughs> you know he 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 just wouldn't let it go he, he no. absolutely and he appealed three times and you know it, again like I say it was turned down three times but you know it took you know time and effort to to go through all of that um oh my god and yeah I think that's the most trivial thing I've ever seen I've never seen anything like it you know yeah. Well, it's like these cases you get where people disagree in, in housing disputes, don't they? They they lose their whole house over an inch of land of whose territory yeah. it is. But I, th I think, it's, you. I mean, it raises the point that people really need to be heard, don't they? What's behind it is that yeah. they need to be acknowledged. And we spend so much of our time in the workplace that I think it's really, really important to 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 have that appreciation and acknowledgement and, and space. And it sounds like, you know, if one person doesn't feel like they are fit, fitting in or they're excluded, it doesn't really matter what the subject matter is, does it? It's it, it's it's what's behind. It. It's the people again, and that's the, right. the feelings, and that's got to be managed. Um, so I suppose it raises a question: what what can workplaces do 
what can um, organizations do and individuals do better to help reduce conflict you know what could what could people yeah. be, be 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 doing um, I mean I think you kind of just touched on it it's about communication isn't it um you know I'd say integration as well um and um training <clears throat> I think it's important to to train train um staff about communic their communication skills how they interact with each other mm. um you know what kinds of things can be offensive because that that that's things can that can happen a lot in workplaces where somebody considers something to be workplace banter whereas it's really offensive to somebody else and that can cause yeah a breakdown in relationships absolutely i think that i think the buzzword here is probably culture yeah i think i think companies have to have organizations have to have a culture yeah where people feel included um and there's there's a great quote that i pulled out actually just before the podcast which i think is 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 great um from edgar shine who's a professor and organizational expert who -hmm. said the only thing of real importance that leaders do is create and manage culture and that's, right. that's that's quite I I, I like yeah, the only thing of real importance that leaders do is create and manage culture. I think it's so being a business owner and founder, I think it's so important to create a culture where people can be heard and be listened to. Yeah, exactly. And 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 learn how to disagree well. Um, because I I think that if people don't have a venue or forum to to disagree, to it's, be able to do that, yeah. It, 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 it's a problem um people say that a valued employee is a happy one and if people are happy and fulfilled um, and they're recognized uh, they feel a greater sense of work purpose um and if an employer treats employees well then the employees will want to do a good job in return um, so i think i think it's all it's all part of the culture and it's so important um in terms of what you said in law a lot of things require consultation there may be appeals but you'd hope that things could be resolved you, you, you know uh, sooner than that in an Absolutely. earlier stage an earlier stage well um ruth it's thursday and we've started something at global in terms of culture uh, okay. called thankful thursday right. um, so it's an opportunity to uh, to to thank people we take every thursday we uh, take one or two people and we choose somebody i think it's such a good That's way brilliant. of getting people to communicate excellent um, and uh, since it's Thankful Thursday, I should say that we appreciate you and the work you do for us and for other organisations, not just for your work, but we also want to celebrate um, the way you do it and the positive effect you have on others, which is so important. Um, because I know not only do you give the, the the business advice and the legal advice, but you're really great at uh, recognizing you. the recognizing the people so um thank you so much for being on it's been really really interesting to talk to you uh, hopefully we will continue to, to to work together and continue the dialogue but Absolutely. in the meantime thank you thank you so much for being on um i've really enjoyed the conversation it's been great to, to have you on thanks very much Ruth. absolutely and th- thanks for having me adam I've, th- I've thoroughly enjoyed myself so thank you i hope you enjoyed this episode of mediation matters Please remember to subscribe for future episodes.